Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Wednesday of the 14th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who in the abasement of your Son have raised up a fallen world, fill your faithful with holy joy. For on those you have rescued from slavery to sin, you bestow eternal gladness. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Hosea. Israel was a luxuriant vine, yielding plenty of fruit. The more his fruit increased, the more altars he built. The richer his land became, the richer he made the sacred stones. Their heart is a divided heart. Very well, they must pay for it. The Lord is going to break their altars down and destroy their sacred stones. Then they will say, We have no king because we have not feared the Lord. But what can a king do for us? Samaria has had her day. Her king is like a straw drifting on the water. The idolatrous high places shall be destroyed. That sin of Israel. Thorn and thistle will grow on their altars. Then they will say to the mountains, cover us, and to the hills, fall on us. Sow integrity for yourselves. Reap a harvest of kindness. Break up your fallow ground It is time to go seeking the Lord until he comes to rain salvation on you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Seek always the face of the Lord. Seek always the face of the Lord. O sing to him, sing his praise. Tell all his wonderful works. Be proud of his holy name. Let the hearts that seek the Lord rejoice. Seek always the face of the Lord. Consider the Lord and his strength. Constantly seek his face. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, the judgments he spoke. Seek always the face of the Lord. O children of Abraham, his servant, O sons of the Jacob he chose, he, the Lord, is our God. His judgments prevail in all the earth. Seek always the face of the Lord. 
Alleluia, Alleluia. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits with power to cast them out and to cure all kinds of diseases and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, the one who was to betray him. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them as follows. Do not turn your steps to pagan territory, and do not enter any Samaritan town. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as you go, proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we come to an important moment in the Gospel when Jesus chooses from among his disciples 12 who will be called apostles. And I, I thought, you know, given that we get a bit of a list, let's, let's have a look at these blokes. Let's, let's go through the list and, and, and see who they are and, and what happens to them. You've got a couple of Simons, a couple of Jameses, and, you know, you get a few different names. Um, Matthew, sometimes called Levi, Thaddeus, often gets called Jude, who's not to be confused with Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed Jesus. So here we go, quick run through. Simon gets called Peter. And it's believed that uh, Peter first went to Antioch um, to establish the church there um, and is known as the first bishop of Antioch. But of course, he's not famous for being the bishop of Antioch. He's famous for being the bishop of Rome. And uh, he goes and leads the community there and, and ultimately comes to be martyred there around the year 64 AD at the Circus of Nero. And uh, that's where St. Peter's Basilica is built. It's on, on the Vatican Hill. So then you've got Simon Peter's brother, Andrew. It's believed that Andrew then went and preached to Greek communities uh, and that he was martyred at Patras in the west of Greece. And he was crucified on a cross that was in the shape of an X as opposed to, you know, the more familiar T. Next, we get another pair of brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, um, a couple more fishermen. Now, James here is often called James the Great, uh, because it's a way of distinguishing him from the other James, who uh, perhaps unfairly gets called James the Less. We actually hear about James's death in the Acts of the Apostles, uh, that he was killed by King Herod around about the year 44 AD uh, in Jerusalem. Now, eventually, his body gets moved to um, Santiago de Compostela in Spain, and uh, that's where you get the very famous Camino, where people walk from all over the place, you know, hundreds and thousands of kilometres in order to make a pilgrimage to visit uh, the relics of St. James. Then, of course, you get James's brother, John. John was the only apostle not to be martyred 
well, apart from Judas Iscariot, we'll get to him in a second. Uh, but yeah, John was the one who who died of old age, and and you know died of like really old age. He died around the year one hundred AD, uh, and is um, buried near Ephesus. John was the one who received uh, many visions and um, you know composed the Book of Revelation. Now, I think it's worth mentioning that um, you know in the Gospels. Um, you get three apostles kind of singled out among the twelve, Peter, James, and John. Um, Jesus takes these three up for the transfiguration. They were the ones who were the witnesses of this great event. And, and then, of course, Jesus takes with him Peter, James, and John once more to be close to him during his agony in the garden. So, you know, these seem to be three very close companions and co-workers of Jesus. All right, next we get Philip. Um, now, Philip also seems to have gone to um, Greek communities in order to preach the gospel. Philip's the only one who doesn't have a Jewish name. He's got a Greek name. And, and so it seems that he himself wasn't of Jewish descent, but you know may have been a Jewish convert or something first. Um, but certainly a, a, an early sign that the gospel would be not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles, and, and would be proclaimed to the edges of the world. Um, Philip ends up being martyred around the 80 or so. Now, Philip gets teamed up with um, the other James, uh, known as James the Less. Here in Matthew's Gospel, he's named uh, James, the son of Alphaeus. And um, while all the other apostles go, you know, throughout the world to go and preach the gospel. James actually stays in Jerusalem and becomes the first bishop of Jerusalem. Uh, and he stays there for a bit until he's you know stoned to death uh, in the year 62. Um, now, the reason why uh, Philip and James, James the Less, uh, get paired up liturgically on the, on the 3rd of May is because they're both actually buried in the same church in Rome in the... Um, Basilica of the Twelve Apostles. All right, so we've, we've lost the order just a tiny little bit that, that we had in the gospel today. Um, I've slotted James, the son of Alphaeus, a little bit sooner and paired him up with Philip. But after Philip, we hear about Bartholomew. Bartholomew, he's mentioned in the synoptic gospels in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But oddly enough, he's not mentioned in John. Uh, but in John, we hear about a figure called Nathaniel. And, and so many... Scholars say that, well, Bartholomew is actually not the proper name of this apostle because Bartholomew means son of Ptolemy, Bartholomew. Uh, and, and in actual fact, his personal proper name is, is Nathaniel. And so, you know, John calls him Nathaniel. The Synoptic Gospels call him Bartholomew. Now, not a lot's known about um, Bartholomew. It's believed that he was martyred in Armenia, and that he was killed by being skinned alive, um, which is really quite brutal. Um, but if you see artistic depictions of St. Bartholomew, you'll often see uh, a man um, looking quite skeletal, um, holding the loose folds of his skin in his hand, you know, the skin that's been cut off. Um, it's kind of gruesome. Next, we hear in the Gospel about Thomas, 
Um, Thomas, I mean, very, very famous in the Gospels. He's, he's mentioned a number of times um, and famously, of course, for placing his finger in the wounds of the risen Jesus as a proof of the resurrection of Christ. Uh, Thomas went to India in order to preach the gospel, and, and there he was martyred and is uh, buried in Chennai. Then, of course, Matthew mentions himself. He's not just an apostle, he's also an evangelist, meaning uh, that he wrote one of the gospels, the, the one that we're reading now. Now, Matthew in uh, Luke and in Mark uh, is referred to as Levi, um, you know, the one who's sitting at the custom house. And uh, clearly, Levi is one of these who, who has a name change, um, you know, which makes it all the more difficult for us to keep a track of who's who in the Bible. Details are a little bit sketchy, but the, um, the old tradition is that uh, Matthew was martyred in um, Ethiopia. Now, when we get to um, Phidias, as he's mentioned uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, um, this is where we start to see where biblical scholars make their money, and they make their money by disagreeing with each other. So in the list of the 12 apostles in um, Luke and Acts, we hear uh, of Jude, the brother of James, uh, you know, who we obviously don't have listed here in the Gospel of Matthew. And so, you know, the thought is that Thaddeus is actually just another name for Jude, the brother of James. And then, of course, there's another Jude that we hear about in, in Matthew a little bit later, uh, we, who's described as one of Jesus' relatives. And, and it might be the same Jude, might be a different Jude, um, but this is where biblical scholars, they they have their fights about who's who and who should be identified with who. But they reckon that he was martyred by being sawed into uh, little pieces. And then we finally get to um, Judas Iscariot. And, um, you know, in a very simple phrase, uh, it just says of Judas that he was the one who was to betray Jesus. Now, what, what's interesting I find about the, um, the Gospel of Matthew is that it starts off by saying Jesus summoned his 12 disciples. And then there's a name changed. These are the names of the 12 apostles. Now, a disciple is one who follows. An apostle is one who is sent. The disciples are the learners. The apostles are the ones sent out on mission. And I think this kind of confused me for the longest time, but, you know, the disciples, they form a big group, you know, of, of those who, who go around with Jesus, who spend time with him, who are, who are the believers and, and, and love and trust him. But from among these disciples, the apostles are picked, 12 of them. I think this becomes an important fact because, you know, Christ continues to call from among his disciples those who are sent. You know, those who are entrusted with a special mission to go out and to preach. Bishops, priests, deacons, we can see those who are called to dedicate their lives entirely to the gospel through the sacrament of holy orders, through consecration in religious life or, or whatever. Um, but here's the thing that I think is important. Um, we all need to pray that those who are chosen, those who are picked by Jesus for these special missions, that they are and remain disciples, followers, listeners to Jesus. 
because we can see what happens when an apostle fails to be a disciple and his name is Judas Iscariot. So pray that the priests who serve you, that the religious who are an example of the Christian life for us, that they may indeed be disciples first so that they may be sent out and be fruitful apostles. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will, and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.